Oh my god, favorite 80s horror movie, go. Um, <laughs> I'm throwing you to the John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. That's a, that's a, that's a fair pick. I actually just bought that one on Blu-ray because John Car- um, Shout Factory was having like a 50 percent off of John Carpenter movies, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Thing, Prince of Darkness, They Live, and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. I was like, I have to own those right maybe, now. Maybe maybe Hellraiser. I really like Hellraiser. Really? I know you hate it, but I did. Okay, on a, on like uh, upon a second viewing, I had more of appreciation for it. So maybe it's one of those that like over time, the more I watch, I'll be like, all right, tight. And so also part of the thing with that is you got to go and like do some research on the books that they're based off of, because like the Cenobites are super dope and have crazy awesome backstories yeah i know clive uh, barker is very like you know detail oriented yeah elaborate to... yeah. exactly so i don't know maybe i'll go back and uh watch it again i've heard hellraiser 2 is actually like better than the first one in a sense um, yeah i mean i think up until like three it goes like one's good two's really good three is terrible four's okay again five is absolute dog shit and then i think six was good because that was the new one that came out on netflix isn't there like i thought there was like 10 of those fucking movies i thought there were only like six i don't know it's it's the 80s movies man it's like yeah. friday the 13th there's 12 of those halloween there's 10 of those it's like holy shit guys i think the only one that i think the one that has the least is probably freddy because there's only eight of those including freddy versus jason are you counting right now Oh, by the way, eleven. The- there oh, are eleven. Oh my god, there's eleven. <laughs> Starting at 1987 and ending in 2018. Oh my god! Wow, they almost oh. almost almost thirty years. Wow, thirty years of fear. Holy shit! <laughs> Good grief. Uh, I should probably introduce this episode. This is episode 80. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and you've heard him already. That is Corey Johnson, my co-host. Hail. <laughs> I wasn't sure when I was going to get that time. I didn't know if it was going to be a long one or a little, a little quick one. Uh, today, since it's episode 80, we are talking about the 80s, of course. That's why I asked Corey what his favorite 80s movie was right off the bat with him out even knowing. So but we're, we're not... This ain't your mama's 80s. Yeah, this, this is, is not. <laughs> this is your weird uncle's 80s. Like I said at the beginning of the year, we're trying to go for more deep cut stuff, the weird stuff. And I think we both fucking nailed it. Um, and we also picked movies that were kind of based around the same premise of like someone dying and then coming back to get revenge. Like yeah, I don't know it, how we did that. But. That was that was completely <laughs> serendipitous, but it just <laughs> happened to work out that way. Yeah. So um, I think the two we picked are pretty solid. They're definitely a bit weird. They're pretty unconventional. At least I'm gonna say that. Uh, the first one we're gonna talk about definitely is the more unconventional, and. As I was watching it, like the first few minutes, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna do thi- They're gonna do it this way because it's the '80s yeah. and the, the the most un PC time in the in the world." But then they do it a different way, and you're like, "Oh, okay, thank you for doing it that way and subverting my expectations just a little." Well, bit. it was a TV movie, so they had. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's why it was um, full screen. Oh. Yeah, so they had. That's why there wasn't a lot of blood and guts. They had to, you know, get creative, and that's why I actually really enjoyed this one. But yeah, so it's, it was made for TV. May, I, I'm changing my rating now. See, I knew. <laughs> I, I figured you didn't. You weren't aware because this, this was my one to do the research on. So I figured you weren't aware that it was a TV movie. But that's why I, I gave it a bit more, just because I was like, man, for a TV movie, like fucking solid, solid work. Oh yeah. So uh, I don't really have much to say off top besides that uh, I love the '80s. Um, absolutely my favorite decade of horror, which is hilarious because. I can remember vividly hating 80s horror movies with a passion. I was obviously 
fucking naive because I can't get enough of the eighties, and I'm very excited to uh, to talk about the two movies that we. It's have it's just because it is right after the bronze age of horror and people are still figuring it out, but some people are just taking the ball and fucking scoring goal after goal. (laughs) And then you see, like, I, I think this kind of is almost an homage to like a, a Jason or a Mm -hmm. killer in the woods type of thing with a little bit of freshness thrown in. And that's why the 80s stuff is so good is because everybody is working off the same, like, two ideas. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Honestly. And, and it's, a, it's a my dick is bigger contest <laughs> for who can do it the best or the most different while still sticking to the same formula. Yeah, very formulaic from the 80s, but it's just you get the weirdest shit. You have, plus you have uh, the best practical effects that will ever be. Oh, yeah. Uh, ever because. And the worst. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a very wide range of, oh, that's amazing. They're like, wow, that really sucked because, you know, it was the 80s. They, it was the 80s. I mean, what do you want? They didn't have CG to help correct things that they couldn't do in real life. So. Uh, yeah, the 80s are just a wacky time. Uh, let me see. Hold on. My Okay, my favorite 80s movie, definitely Reanimator. Fuck yeah, that's mine. Okay, that's a you, good one. You said yours, I had to say mine. Fucking love Reanimator. Uh, and even the sequel, Bride of Reanimator, is pretty good. Have not seen Beyond Reanimator? I think there's a third one, but uh, both of those are really good. And it's actually funny, because that's going to come back up a little bit later in the episode. Somewhere down here, I wrote something about that. Um Got anything else you want to say up top? You've been here in a few episodes. Uh, I mean, it's work, man. Yeah, work. my new my new job for forty hours a week with a thirty minute commute one way. Yeah, it's uh, it eats up a lot of time. Plus, Jenna and I just rented a new house. It's a townhouse, way better than we deserve. So a bunch <laughs> of our time is like soaked up in that too. That's fair. That's fair. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I used to work at Ikea. You know, I used to work at Ikea, so I know yeah, the whole... Yeah, it's, it's dr- literally oh. right next door. It's like driving down <laughs> I-4. You're like, okay, I could get there in 15 minutes. I can get there in an hour and a half. You never fucking know. If I if you live in Florida, and you, you will know. Understand that. Yeah. I-4 Millennium just- Mall area. Best Santa Claus, worst traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the price you pay, man, yeah. for going to see Santa. <laughs> for real. Um, all right, well, let's just fucking dive right in here. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And um, this one, so we, I, so I found this list of underrated or underappreciated uh, movies on Letterbox from the '80s, and there was like, there's like 300 fucking titles. I sent it over to you. I was like, yeah. yo, assort them by like highest ranking, pick one from the first page. <laughs> I was sitting in my car on my lunch break, and I'm like, fuck, I thought there was gonna be like one page. You sent me like six pages worth of shit. So whoever made this list, I think I saved it. I should have kept that handy, but yeah. Thank you, because there's literally so, hundreds of titles that we picked from. So I decided I was going to go, you know what? I'm going to pick solely off the cover art. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's and kind, that's, that's how I picked mine. That's kind of what I did, because I saw the, the cover art, and then I saw it had a 3.4, and I was like, okay, win-win, I'm done. Like, Which is now another synchronicity on this episode. Not only is it the 80s, not only is it the same thematically, but also the cover art is very similar on both movies as well. And yours had a three four on Letterbox. Mine had a three three. So I mean, even the yeah, ratings were it's fucking very right there. So this is gonna be great. Um, Go play the lotto when you hear this, folks. <laughs> the winning numbers are uh, 16, 12, 21, 19, 1, and 6. Is that enough numbers? We, <laughs> we, we are not held liable if you do go play the lotto with those numbers and lose all your money. 
Oh shit, that's great. But if you win, you are obligated to split it with us. I'm just saying, I was here, I'm on record at stating those numbers, so <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, back to Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Now, this is not rated because of the fact that, like I said, this was a TV movie. It was, however, uh, released on October 24th, which is pretty cool, right around Halloween in 1981, and it's got a runtime of an hour and 36 minutes, so that's about where I'm comfortable with new movies I haven't heard of. Um, right, though I would say that if it were to be rated today, it would probably be rated something like TV 14. Yeah, or probably. Something. Like, it's not super heavy. Right. But it, there are some questionable themes that go on in the movie that, to the uninitiated, could seem very strange. That's fair. I can totally agree with that. So... It is listed straight as a horror, which honestly, I kind of think it was kind of more mystery and drama, but it was, I don't feel like this was a little sp- bit. And now that you say it's a TV movie, it's almost like a Hallmark TV movie, yeah. especially with the ending. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like right? it's- <laughs> that ending was so great. Um, we're not going to, I don't want to go into spoilery on the ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ending was, was, I thought it was fantastic. I, I really did like this movie besides the fact that, you know, it was full screen, but that was because it's made for TV. And, and uh, I, I just thought that was like, oh, the low budget 80s movie. I just thought, okay, it's not like not they don't well, have, yeah. yeah, they don't have a studio backing them. So it's, it's not, nah, it's a smaller camera. It's full screen. There yeah. was also, if you, um, I barely noticed them cause I was into the movie, but there is actually fade outs too, where the commercials would be, where they fade out. Oh yeah. I noticed that too. And again, I just thought, okay, this <laughs> 80s is movie. <laughs> 80s movie. First time director. Who the fuck knows? Right. But whatever. Cause like all the star Wars movies have those d- fucking White fades. fades yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, 80s, <laughs> 80s. You know, it's a weird time. It's a wacky time for movies. Uh, so yeah, like I said, straight up horror, no drama, no mystery. I feel like that would, I would include that on my genre, like listing of this movie. Cause there was some mystery to it. And, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Ch- Charles During, who played Otis. He, dude, fucking like solid performance. He was the male. Oh man. yeah, solid performance. Um, and I was like, man, I fucking know who this guy is. And oh, I, yeah. I had to go. First off, two hundred nineteen acting credits. Holy shit! Man is man is working. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, man and is comfortable. Like, right. Um. But yeah, it was from Oh Brother Where Art Thou that I had recognized him because I've seen that movie like. 12 times. He's also in the original Muppet movie, uh, 1979 is Doc Hopper, and he plays Pappy O'Neill, or Pappy O'Daniel in uh, Oh Brother, Where Out There. So those are the two movies that, yeah, I was like, I know you from Oh, oh Brother, Where Out There. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> you you probably know him from uh, Bride of Reanimator, too, as uh, Philby. Um, no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mm. Reading our paper wrong. No, that's, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> the guy who played Philby, Claude Earl Jones, that's the one that, yeah, yeah. he's from Bride of Reanimator as Leslie Chapman, and uh, also, if you haven't seen Bride of Reanimator, he is from Battlestar Galactica 78 as Lacerta? I don't know. Never um, seen Battlestar. Don't know, yeah, I haven't seen that either. Beats, um, Bears, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat that, it's not a joke, Jim. Okay, don't get me started <laughs> on The Office, oh my god. Uh, so this was directed by a man named Frank DeFelita, sorry if I butchered that. He only has eight directorial credits, and seven of them are TV-related. So, and this this is a TV movie, so he really hasn't done like a feature film for things, um, except for one, 
which was called Scissors. And funnily enough, that was, if that's even a word, that was actually released on my birthday, March 22nd, 1991. I was like, that's kind of oh, interesting. Well, I mean, I was born in 90, but like, you know, March 22nd is my birthday. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, that's a weird coincidence. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I already said who Charles Durning was. Fantastic uh, performance in this. Honestly, probably held the entire movie together with how great he was. And then we went to, so the next guy is named Skeeter in the movie. He's played by Robert F. Lyons. You might know him from uh, Platoon Leader as Sergeant Michael McNamara or Death Wish 2 as Fred McKenzie. Um, already told you who played Philby. That is Claude Earl Jones. And lastly, we have a man named Lane Smith. He plays Harless. Uh, he was in My Cousin Vinny as Jim Trotter III and The Mighty Ducks as Coach Riley. You know, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry like for the dead air. I'm sorry for the dead air. You said that, and I don't, I know I have seen the Mighty Ducks, but I don't know if I've ever seen the Mighty Ducks in full. And I guarantee that guy looks nothing like the coach. Oh, probably. In, in yeah. my own mind. Yeah, probably. My, yeah. If we look him up on IMDb, 100%, it's the same guy. But in my brain, not like the same not, not even kind of. No. Because um, so. he looked. The Mighty Ducks was in the 90s, right? I believe Mighty Ducks, if I, I'm going to look it up, I'm pretty sure that this was 1991. So he looks older than... 92! Damn it! Oh, so close. Let me the, see. The main coach is Coach Riley, though, right? No, the main coach is fucking... Um, wait, is it? I thought... Wasn't Bill Paxton in that? Bill, pa Wait. Who the... <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold up. Paxton or Pullman. I don't see either of those people in the Mighty Ducks. Hold up. Was fuck wait, was hold on. Was wait a second. Was he not the fucking wasn't Emilio Estevez. No. Who... I know who that is. Oh. I swear to I I swear to god Pullman. Oh, I guess that Oh yeah, that's who the coach was. Okay. All right, in my defense, he does look I mean, honestly now I'm seeing him that doesn't even look kind of like Bill Pullman. No, that kind of looks like Bill Pullman, right? My tripping dude, what's going on? Is he from Spaceballs? Is that what I know him from? Yes. That's exactly where you know him from. Uh, Emilio Estevez? Fucking, oh my God, my mind is just exploding right now because I'm trying to remember. I swear to God, I thought Pullman was in that. Anyways. Welcome to Derailed Mares. Oh my God, Derailed Mares. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, that's who's in the movie. Uh, pretty solid cast, if, uh, if I do say so myself, because <laughs> I didn't even know half of these people. And uh, they all did a very, very good job, especially Charles Durning. I cannot, um, like, tell you how awesome he was enough. So, unfortunately... Bill Pullman is Lone Star, by the way, from Spaceballs. Bill, so, okay, so Pullman's from... Okay, I'm just getting people confused that are, yeah, fucking long-haired, weird... Helen Hunt! <laughs> Helen Hunt! Just throw it in there! Throw it in there! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so, sadly, there was no budget or uh, how much it grossed because it was a TV movie. So, I was expecting to at least see a budget... But no, and obviously it's not going to gross anything because it went straight to TV. Now, movies that came out around the same time, uh, Halloween 2 came out around the same time, Time Bandits, and a movie called Dead and Buried, which I, I, that's another 80s movie that I will recommend. Very, very good movie. Um, so yeah, those are the three movies that came out around the same time. We have Body Count, if I counted correctly, which I think I did for both of these. I believe the Body Count, and this is five. Correct. So you did, okay, you counted. Tight. I counted on this one. I lost count in the other one. I did too because so, <laughs> so many people died like back to back to back. I was like, was that nine, 12? I think I have a general <laughs> idea of how many people died. But um, yeah, so let me get into this, this uh, in-depth review here because this was a pretty good one. Um, actually, you know what? Before that, let me just give you the like, 
like letterbox review or like small description because it actually tells a lot of the story that I don't need to really go into because it's like the first twenty minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah. So the uh, the short description here is uh, Bubba, an intellectually disabled man, is falsely accused of attacking a young girl. Um, he disguised himself as a scarecrow and hides in a cornfield, but only to be hunted down by four vigilante men. Those men are acquitted due to lack of evidence, uh, and then the men find themselves being stalked by someone. They don't know who. Um, so that is pretty much the setup, and that's exactly how it starts. You have Bubba and this little girl named Mary Lee, and they're like picking flowers and shit. And uh, then she goes off into this yard, dog attacks her, and then Bubba rescues her, brings her to, I think, is that like his, is that his mom's house or was that her that, mom's house? That was the little girl's mom's house. And Bubba's like, oh my God, like I didn't do it, but she's dead. And you're like, wow, that's okay. Fucking killing a kid in the first five minutes of the movie. Wow. Um, and then you cut to this guy, which you said this was an anti, what movie? Anti-post office? Yeah, anti-post <laughs> okay. office movie. Because hold on, the main character Otis plays a postman. Tell me your this, this theory. I have no, to know. Okay, because this entire movie hinges on this one nosy ass postman for no reason, just staring at the. Now, granted, yes, a thirty-seven-year-old man and a whatever prepubescent girl, seven, eight, maybe I don't know, in a, ten, in a, in a field playing with flowers. Yes, that's suspect. However. Mind your fucking business. And he's like, also mentally like disabled. Like he's not. He's, yeah. Like, also, but like, why are you not on your post route? Why are you just <laughs> posted up on the road, looking through your binoculars? He's got he's got so, full on binoculars, looking at them through a field. And he's like, he's got like the scowl on his face, like all oh, these motherfuckers. So my theory is <laughs> that somewhere along the way, there is a veiled metaphor of how bad the post office is, because this entire movie is antagonized by a creepy fucking postal worker. Like not and, doing his job, and barely. Then, and then even on, even later on in the movie, he goes, come on, you can't be scared of me. I'm the postman. Nobody's scared of the postman. And you're like, <laughs> God damn it, that's so scary. <laughs> he did say that. Maybe someone just like really fucking hates the post office. Like fucking just fucking subliminal messages, you piece of shit. Um, but that that was my comedy <laughs> part. I was like, man, somebody fucking hates the post office. <laughs> That's true. Um, also, how does he get away with just fucking shutting down the post office to go do shit on a random day? It is, like, a bunch of times <laughs> through the movie. It is a small town, but, I mean, you have to fucking deliver mail. You can't just let that shit pile up. And dog. do they give him the truck to just use all the time? Yeah, because he Cause is driving. Because that's his a... only vehicle. <laughs> that's the only thing he fucking drives in the entire movie. Like, uh, even towards the end, like, he's driving through the woods, and you're like, do you not have your own car, dude? Is this, like, so, a fucking, like, company car? Also, another 80s trope I noticed in this one specifically. I hope it's post office related. No. <laughs> no. Every man at some point in the movie when they're stressed drinks and drives. Every single one of them. Oh, shit. Yeah. God damn. And that's the thing in 80s. A lot of okay with drinking and driving. It was a different time. <laughs> All right, so you've got a creepy male guy named Otis. Like I said, like he's you know he said um, watching ha Hazel Rig. By the way, Hazel Rig. Oh, yeah. oh, Otis Otis Hazel Rig. Dude, the names. Like, everybody this else gets the most Montana ass fucking names. Skater, fail me, <laughs> fucking horrorless. <laughs> but Otis Hazel Rig. Goddamn, the best blues singer in the South they oh ever my saw. God. <laughs> that is a, that is a dope name, <laughs> fucking Hazel Rig. I love it. 
Uh, so you got a creepy male guy watching these people. Um, and then, like I said, he gets, um, you know, but they think Bubba actually killed the girl, even though you know, they don't even fucking know at this point. They're just like, oh, the girl, that girl died. It's it's his fault. We got to go get him. So they it's, go to get him. It's a bunch of old ist men. Yeah, it's like who, no country who, for old men who have been old for years at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> but they're also like... It would probably be the same thing if he was a black guy. Like, it, it's just something for them to hate because he's different. So right. they're like, let's fucking beat the shit out of him. Yeah, because the problem that they have with Bubba is like, he's he's 37. Why is he hanging out with like a you know, six-year-old? And his mom's like, because he's fucking mentally disabled. Like, he is that age in his head. But they just, no, nah, I don't understand that. He's fuck. He's trouble. He's going he's gonna to do something to her. And you're like... Oh, it's a plane. I'm like, what the fuck is, <laughs> what is happening? Um, so they just don't understand that he's not all there as a person. And when they go to get him, like I said in the uh, description, you know, he's hiding in a scarecrow. So he's just there trying to act like he's not alive. And there's actually a really cool shot when they zoom up to the scarecrow and you can just see his yeah, eyes. Which I was going to comment yeah. on because for a made-for-TV movie, that was a dope-ass costume. Yeah, because they had a costume, and you couldn't see into this, uh, the eyes at all until they pushed into it, and then there was almost like they had like these spotlights on his eyes where you yeah. could see his blue eyes, and he was like, he was really scared, so Otis backs everyone up, and then they all proceed to, like, firing squad this poor guy! <laughs> 27 shots. Yeah, like, all four guys have guns because it's uh, Skeeter, Philby, Otis, and Harless, and they all just lay into him until he's dead, and then, sadly, Right after they do that, Harless gets a call on a CB, and some guy's like, "Yeah, um, that girl's not dead. She's actually alive. Bubba saved her from the dog." And then everyone's like, "Fuck! What have he? What have we done?" And then Otis takes this, uh, which, by the way, this is what it's called—the thing, the four-prong pitchfork. It's actually called a spading fork, but I'm gonna call it a pitchfork. For, yeah, for you know, because that's what. Everybody knows it as. I know, but I, I was like, I was like, what the fuck is that called? Like, they it, even called it a pitchfork in the movie. Listen, guy, <laughs> I obviously missed that. Okay, <laughs> so he, he takes a pitchfork and kind of he tries to like put Bubba's hand in it and like prop it up against him. And I'm like, what's that for? We'll come to find out uh, when they're in court. They're trying to claim it as self defense, and I'm like, motherfucker, you had four guys with guns against one guy with a pitchfork. How the fuck is that self-defense? He also has like 19 holes in his body. So yeah. like, how are you claiming that self-defense? Judge is like, nah, you, there's not enough evidence. You sound Overruled. like the district attorney in the movie. Because, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that guy was pissed. He's like, there's no way this is self-defense. I mean, there's four of them, one of him. But, yeah, the judge is like, nah, and yeah, what, I don't want to do this. We're done. And what was funny with that scene, I thought that was like just a very long setup to like make the movie about the district attorney. But no, he just fucks off for the rest of the movie. You oh, see yeah. him like two more times. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to get you. You better not, you know, like he kind of threatens them openly at the end once they all part from the, uh, the uh, courtroom. And it's really funny. Cause like they're all celebrating after they don't get convicted. And you're like, you just killed like the entire town the is entire like, town. like coming out, shaking their hands. Women are kissing them on the cheeks. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you just killed a mentally disabled man got away with it, and now you're, like, high-fiving and drinking. Something fucking wrong with you, bro. I mean... We Fried chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't break me just yet. Wait, wait till, like, halfway through. Um, oh, God. You know there's something wrong with Otis, though, right away, because right from the bat... I mean, from him looking down the binoculars, you're like, this guy's fucking fucked in the head. I'll tell you what. There are not a ton of actors that act with their eyes very well. Tony Collette being one, fucking this guy being another, because like you could see, you could see the entire 
thing that he was trying to convey through just that like nose to forehead region. And yeah. it was, I was like, all right, you fucking. Very intense, like it, just intense eyes. It was like when Bilbo turns into Gollum for that one <laughs> second when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that the entire movie. Oh my God, I love that description so much because it's fucking perfect. I love it. Oh my God, where were we? Um, Oh yeah, so they, they get off with the murder because they're insane. And uh, this is when things kind of get weird because going down the line of men that were involved in the killing, they slowly start to notice. Like Harless is the first guy who gets it because he sees a scarecrow out in the distance and it's the exact same scarecrow that Bubba was hiding in. He even, with, he even has the bullet marks in it. So Harless is kind of freaking out. And, uh, you know, he goes to ask him, like, hey, like, like uh, Philby and Skeeter and Otis, he's like, why y'all pulling my leg? Like, why did you put that scarecrow out there? Like, that's not funny. And they're like, we didn't do that shit. So they go to find Otis, and he's like, guys, it's it's nothing. Just don't, just disregard it. Well, um, don't disregard it, because that night, Harless gets it in the fucking wood chipper, because he hears a noise at his barn, goes to investigate, turns off the wood chipper that's mysteriously on, goes up to, like, the loft of the barn, hears something... Wood chipper turns on and he does that dramatic like fall into yeah. the light. I was like, dude, but then you don't see any blood because um, it's a TV movie. But I did like the next cut because it was someone squirting ketchup onto a plate. So I was like, all right, that's a creative way to say he died. So Harless got it pretty bad with the wood chipper. I really wish though this was a, not a TV movie because I wanted, yeah. I wanted to see some so, fucking gore. So that's why I had originally rated it where I did was because I was like. I didn't know it was a TV movie, and I was like, man, y'all are cheaping me out of the best parts. Like, this is a good movie, but, like, give me the gore. And that's <laughs> why I gave it more, because I was like, okay, they can't. Even though when they shot Bubba, like, in the chest, there was, like, a lot of bullet holes and blood, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. But, but if the actual shooting took place yeah. from a back angle... And it was like a spirit Halloween decoration that was just jerking right, up and yeah. down. <laughs> like I expected to hear the <laughs> when I was watching that scene. Um, so there was the only like actual gore that happens is like the very last scene. Yeah. There's a, and, there's and a that, couple and, moments, yeah. And you can't really even consider that gore because it's sort of like the comeuppance of the character. Right. So the, it's it's like justified gore, which makes it okay for ratings. But I it's suppose. also an 80s movie, so they were much... And this is before the PG-13 rating, yeah, so true. they were much more... I'm sure they had to be much more lax um, with all that stuff. So uh, then the next time the Scarecrow pops up after he goes to Harless's house is Philby's land, or like his farm or whatever the fuck he's got there. But... It doesn't really come to get him till much later in the movie, and we'll get there. Um, so later in the movie, we have Otis now going to Mrs. Ritter's house. That's Bubba's mom. And this is the part that I kind of had a problem with because he comes up behind her when she's sitting in a rocking chair, like places his hand over her mouth, and she's like, you know, he's, he's like whispering to her all this stuff like, hey, like, you need to stop fucking with us. Like putting his dead body in places is not cool. And he's like, we need to come to an agreement. And the second he removes his hand to go around to talk to her, she's dead? Like, yeah, he, he killed her, but, like, didn't cover her nose at all? No, he scared her so bad, he gave her a heart attack. So then that's, okay, that, yeah. that's what it was then. Because I, I was like, there's no way. That's, that's why That's why they do that pull-out shot of her with her, like, limp hand over her chest. Okay. Because her other one she was sewing with. So she covered up her heart, See? and then she died of a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. It, it was, it was. Subtle. Yeah, very subtle and kind of a throwaway. Another 80s horror trope that happened in both of these movies, 
fucking explosions. Oh yeah, for that's no reason. See, okay, so this movie is okay. It can be the pacing is a bit odd in this. It it can't. Because, like, I checked it a few times before it was over, like, five or six times. Like, I usually, because, like, also, but you were coming over, like, right after. But I kept checking it. Dude, the first time I checked into the other movie, it was an hour in, and I was like, there's, like, 20 minutes left. Holy shit. So this one, the pacing is a bit odd. and But then this explosion brought it back because once he sees that Mrs. Ritter has died, Otis freaks out. He goes to leave, and then the tea kettle goes off and starts whistling. And he's like, oh, my God. So he takes the tea kettle off, turns the fire off, and looks over at her. Looks back at the gas, like you know, the stove. Turns the gas on and leaves because there's a fire, pl- uh, you know, a fire going in the fireplace. And then we get this fucking glorious <laughs> '80s fucking explosion. Like, oh my god, that's like, are you really an '80s movie if for, you don't have an explosion? For no reason other than they decided they weren't gonna spend the budget on continuously using the scarecrow costume, <laughs> so they had to spend it some way other than cocaine. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, okay, guys, we got to fucking either get some cocaine or explosion. Explosion. We got to go with the explosion because, it, dude, it is glorious. Yeah. I didn't expect it. Like, they, it explodes and then they pan out to, like, this mushroom cloud almost. And I'm like, holy shit. And it's like, fucking 80s, man. and it's like the most high definition part of the movie. That, that too. whole movie, I was like, did they, like, cut this in, like, t- 20 years later with a different explosion? Like- Speaking of cut ins, you don't notice this stuff, but shit like this bothers me to no end. When they were tracking uh, Bubble with the dogs, they were piping in artificial yeah, no, nope, dog nope. howls yep. because the dogs' mouths weren't moving. And yep. I was like, God damn it. Like, literally, all, just get trained dogs. Yeah. No, <laughs> That's I know, all you have to do. I didn't notice it until they found him as the scarecrow on the, like, the stake because they were making noise. And I'm looking at the dogs, and they're both like looking around just kind of like, yeah, whatever, not moving their mouth. But I was like, that actually sounds pretty realistic because it sounds like it's coming out of those dogs, but it's not. Fucking dubbing, man. 80s was really heavy into dubbing. For um, no reason. For no reason. I actually found out why Italian movies will be shot in English but also dubbed in English. Because there are some movies that you can clearly see they're speaking English, but the, the dubbing is not working over. It's because Italian movies are at least what I read. Don't quote me on this, but I read somewhere and I saw like a, a example of it. But they don't bring mics to set. They just shoot the movie and then dub it over with the same people. Why? I, there was an interview or something I was watching because... <laughs> that seems so much more expensive. I'm telling you, I was watching something and I saw this interview with a guy who talked about Italian horror and how sometimes, like, this one guy was on an American set who was Italian and he was baffled that they were miking the set because in Italy, not... I don't think everything in Italy, but I don't know. Some I guess some people in Italy do not... Mike, the sense they shoot the film and then dub it over because there's movies I've seen where I'm like, you're speaking English, but it's not G- bird with the crystal plumage. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's some That's fucking there's some movies that they shoot without microphones in Italy and then dub or at least, you know, back then, you know, eight seventies and eighties. Yeah. That's what they would do. And to me, I'm like, that is so much more time consuming. Like, why would you not just mic the fucking set? I wonder if it's like, a purposeful artistic decision like it could be it uh, like it's it's a cultural part of their filmmaking i'm going to have to look that up and cuz i was i was literally either either listening to a podcast or watching something but i, I vividly remember that and i was like that makes sense as to why when i watch some italian horror 
it's not matching up, but they're both speaking English. And I was like, oh my God, it's so maddening. I worked with it. I work with a dude that uh, went to film school. So I'll talk to him and yeah. see if he knows anything about it. And then I will do my research and I will find the snippet of it, post it on the Frightmares page. Um, back to the movie now, because, you know, it's. it's Derailed Mares, it's, episode yeah. two. <laughs> uh, so after the fucking epic explosion, this is when we cut back to Philby. And he's on his property, and his pigs are going fucking nuts. He goes outside to see what they're going on about, and then he hears some clanging off in the distance. He's like, okay, so he goes to check that out. It just happens to be this chain that's dangling, which I'm pretty sure they dubbed over as well because the sounds weren't matching the movements. And he ties that up, and then he goes back to his office or his whatever you want to call it, and the light goes out. So he's like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. And this is another trope that happened in both these movies. Get in the car. I mean, it happens in a lot of horror movies. Gets in the car. Car doesn't start. Yep. So he gets out of the car, panicked, doesn't know what to do, runs into a silo, which is a fucking mistake because he gets locked in that silo and then someone or something turns on the conveyor belt, which leads a bunch of like corn feed or yeah, it's corn. something like that into the silo. He can't get out. And then I don't know if you know anything about silos, but if you were to fall on top of corn, you just start sinking. There's no way of getting up. Yeah. You just sink until you're at the bottom and then eventually you're going to be either compressed due to the weight or suffocate. So he doesn't make it. And I was like, you know what? For a TV movie. It was a cool kill. It's a cool kill. That was, that was my notable kill. Okay, of the, same, same. Yeah, yeah, I was same. like, okay, out of all of these, yeah, the wood chipper was theoretically brutal, but right. since they didn't show it to me, ah, fuck off. Yeah. But this one, like, you, I watched this man be buried alive. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And even at the end, when all the corn is past his head, you can see his arm out reaching for his flashlight. And you just kind of, and then he kind of just like flails his arm over. So I was like, okay, that's fucking tight. The other thing, can I tell? And this is all, oh, by all means. this is all movies. Every single movie ever, when you take a pill, it does not work instantly. Fucking stop it. Yeah, the whole like I need a Tylenol. Oh, oh I'm better. I'm good. Yeah. Well, and this guy like he would start having like heart palpitations or whatever, and he would like fumble for this medicine, and as soon as he put it in his mouth, instantly better. Yeah. That's not how fucking medicine yeah, works. Yeah. No, and that is that is a just a movie trope, TV show or a trope in general. Like, yeah. Oh, my heart. Oh, pill. I'm good. It takes at least. 15, 30 minutes for that to even kind of start remotely working. Yeah. If that, you know, like, so yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the whole, <laughs> I'm instantly better. I'm rehabilitated. Uh, let's see. All right. So at this point in the movie, we have Philby and Harless who have both died due to really unforeseen, um, basically quote unquote accidents. Ac yeah. Accidents. Cause that's what they're labeling them as because, and this was kind of my problem with this movie is the fact that, and this isn't really a spoiler, but I want to let people know the cover of this. And this is what drew me in. It was the scarecrow with the pitchfork, like coming like at the screen and you're like, Oh, tight. But we don't get that at all. We get it in a minor way, but we don't actually get guy. Cause I was expecting guy in scarecrow costume to just go around and just fucking yeet people into yeah, oblivion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, so, it was broadcast as this is going to be a knockoff Friday one. Yeah. Like slasher. Yeah. Like flick. And it, it was not, no, at all. it was, but it was a very almost like veiled mystery slash revenge movie. Yeah. 
That's why I would label. That's why I would put mystery in the uh, genre description yeah, or on IMDb. E- even, even like thriller. Yes, because there, there, the horror is more. There is something you can't see, mm-hmm. and other than that, that's about it. Right. So, but but I also gave that credit where credit is due because this is you know this is like this is from 1981. So this is right right after Friday the Thirteenth, right after Halloween. So. They took the idea of, you know, a slasher, but just made it completely different. I just don't like the misleading title card. That's yeah. my only thing. Yeah. Because I picked it based off of like, oh, there's going to be a guy as a scarecrow running around just fucking killing people. And so, especially with that costume. Ex- oh, that costume it was, was squandered. So oh, my the, God. I would have given this movie a four if, yeah. if, that, if that costume had been used as a slasher more. It was definitely something that needed to happen. And, you know, maybe in 40 years when they run out of ideas in Hollywood again, this will get remade. I was just about to say, I would love to see this remade done in a proper way, of course, with the same 80s aesthetic and vibe. And but just done as an R rated horror movie that went to theaters where you could get away with the blood and the guts and just the gore of what I love about 80s movies. So I know you're not listening but Mike Flanagan. That's, you- my, <laughs> that's, that's my fucking guy. I was going to say, give me Flanagan style, but with a slasher movie. Yes. You're fucking yes. right here, guys. <laughs> You're right here. Oh my God. You're no. One, yeah. That yeah. came into my mind, but I was like, I don't want to say it. That you, you yeah. Said, I was, he's not it. listening, but Hey, maybe, Mike maybe, Flanagan. maybe he's our one just random listener using a VPN that bounces into Scotland or whatever. <laughs> Well, okay. So if you know Mike Flanagan and you love his movies, he is very like it's. I, I'm going to describe it as the A24 floaty cam. You have that just very like just like that that camera that just floats around the screen, and he's very visual. But he but, hasn't done anything. He's done Hush. Yeah. Which, what are, and wait, like, no, uh, hold on. He, he, did he do Hush? I think he did. Double check for me. Um, but like the thing about Flanagan is all of his stuff is like clearly respectful of where he came from and also remember he did dr sleep yes which honestly i he did he did hush okay he did hush so he's done like a stalker kind of movie because that's what hush was is you know someone coming after you know a a female um but he's never done like a straight up i would love to see his take on a slasher movie with his aesthetic and then give it some gore, give it some fun camera angles. Like, I would love to see a slasher by uh, Mike Flanagan. That or let somebody like Ari Aster do it and just completely fuck this movie oh up. Oh, my God. Just give me nightmares for the rest of my <laughs> life. I mean, that's what Midsommar and Hereditary did for me. I mean, I don't even know who I was when I left those movies. Oh, man. Now I really want to see an Ari Aster slasher flick. Dude, there's so many, like, like Aster and Flanagan. I want to see them do what they do just with different stuff like I'm, I'm so ready like i'm so ready eggers in the space horror that i want oh dude i'm <laughs> i would yeah okay so what did you say last time you said the space um uh, period Spa- piece. yeah space period piece <laughs> space period piece horror from eggers please and thank you <laughs> pay all the money to have that movie be made go see it oh my god i have negative 63 dollars in my bank account call me we'll make it work <laughs> you can have all of those dollars we'll crowdfund uh, it It'll oh happen. my god! So yeah, that's that's why that's why I like this movie so much because we were talking about formula and and this movie really breaks away from the formula of horror movies but, and it does it as a but, TV movie. But it also 
it breaks away from the details, but it also goes, okay, here you go. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's a trope. Let's Here's go. A trope. Let's go. Here's a trope. Yeah. Yeah. But like the underlying, like what you want from it, it completely breaks the mold of what you expect. Cause you expected, you know, the whole DA you're like, oh, maybe it's going to follow the DA or maybe we're going to do this. Yeah. And it doesn't go any way you really expected. So I appreciate that in a sense, but I like, this is a movie with such a fun idea that could be done just more gory and more gritty. Um, but nonetheless, the, the last thing I had to say about this, um, after Philby dies, it's literally just Skeeter and Otis left at this point. And they're flipping out, not knowing what to do, because Otis keeps telling Skeeter he's like, he's dead, he's dead. And, and Skeeter's like, no, nah, man, he's not dead. Like, there's no way. So they go, Otis takes Skeeter to show him that he's dead by going to his grave. And that's where I'm going to leave it, right there, because some crazy shit happens. And yeah. I don't want to give it away. And the ending was great. And I loved it, except for the little girl talking but, with the monologue. That was dumb. But also keep in mind that as much as you want it to happen and as much as you project this one into yeah. this movie, it will not give you a Jason Lives moment. No, oh, no. Oh, God. I that's exactly that so what I wanted to happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. But that that's that's about as far as we'll go on that. Yeah. So don't when you see the title card. Uh, just lower your expectations from what you expect from the title card, because sometimes title cards can be misleading. And like I said, you do get that on a much more minor level of what's on the title card, but not what you want with, like I said, Scarecrow going through this small town, just wreaking havoc. Yeah. It's, so. it's very, um, there's a lot of implication in the movie. Exactly. So that's where I gave it credit. I will, we'll get to our review our um, our ratings here in just a second. Here's some fun trivia on this. Um, <coughs> what the fuck? I don't even know what this is. Struther Martin. He was in Cool Hand Luke, and he was Captain the Wild Bunch. He was Coffer. Is he in this movie? I don't know what I was doing. This I did this like weeks ago at this point. <laughs> um, I guess he was originally. Oh, that sorry. This is trivia. I'm dumb. So Struther Martin. He's been in those two movies, and he was originally scheduled to play the part of Otis, but he unfortunately passed away before this movie could be made. However. A few lines of script suggested by him remain in the final film, but spoken by Charles Durning, who eventually played the part. And like I said, Charles Durning was fantastic. He literally was the nucleus of this movie that held everything together. He was he played it very straight and like very like professional. So I, I really did enjoy uh, also watching him. very little speaking lines. Yeah, but like every single one was like emotionally yeah. charged, and you're like, oh my god, okay. He was the only good actor in this entire movie. Yeah, everyone else was kind of derpy. Uh, this film was shot in 17 days. It was originally supposed to be 18 days, but one day was lost because of a fire, probably because of that explosion. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was about to say, this is the 80s. They didn't have regulations. I'm sorry. They stuck a bunch of fucking dynamite and gasoline in a house. Yeah, so I'm assuming it was because of that uh, fire they had after that uh, explosion. Um, as of this year, 2021, uh, Tanya Crow and Robert F. Lyons are the only two remaining actors still living, which is crazy because, I mean, this is only 81. I mean, I guess that is about 30 years ago. But, I mean, still. I mean, yeah, but a lot of them were old. Yeah, okay. most, most of them were in their, like, <laughs> mid-40s, early 50s. Like, uh, fucking um, Charles Durning was at least 50 in this movie. I mean, he had fucking full white hair. Yeah. So he was, yeah. Um, Doc Brown in it. Yeah. Marty! Anyways. <laughs> 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 we gotta go. Make, make the kids, Marty. <laughs> I'm fucking dumb. All right, that's all the trivia I had. That was really fucking good too. 
<laughs> There's not too much. Uh, so the ratings uh, for this movie on IMDb are 6.8 out of 10. And Letterboxd, like I said earlier, is a 3.3. I gave it a 3.5. I So I originally had it at a two and a half. Oh, no. Because there wasn't enough blood oh, or TV, gore. TV, that's right. Okay. And that they squandered the killer. Um, But then, as you told me, it was a TV movie. My appreciation for it went up because they did a whole lot with a whole little. Right. So now it's at a three. Okay. All right. All right. So three, three and a half. That's about that's about right. Um, because I, I I figured you wouldn't like this one as much as the next one. That's why I figured we'd talk about that one next. Because good God, um, but so actually, I like the story of this one better. Same. Yes. Same. But it was it just fell a little flat. It fell a little flat because it it's, was it's a, warm Coca Cola. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit you know hour thirty six like that's that's like you know hour forty is usually like my limit. Like okay, you but you have to be like. Um, like constant constantly going for an over an hour 40 so this was hour 36 and for tv like usually tv movies are like hour 15 so they can fill, if that so they can fill like 15 minutes with credit or um commercials. um commercials so yeah hour 36 was a bit long because you know for t- like i said for tv um but i still i had to give it credit because a the explosion yes i mean beautiful um uh, charles durning performance was was amazing and i just like how they like i said they kind of broke from the formula a bit went a little different way with this slasher genre if you want to call it that and this was made for tv so i was like okay i gotta give it a 3.5 for that so um this is actually streaming on amazon in the u.s if you'd like to watch this uh because i didn't know that i just bought it i was like yeah it was like 14 bucks on amazon i was like fuck it i'll, I'll own a new blu-ray oh no and what's funny is when i looked this up like four days afterwards it went up to 22.99 really yes oh wow okay so i guess i got it at the right time uh but that that again in case you did not catch the name at the beginning that is dark night of the scarecrow you mentioned which like you you texted me like hey which one is it is it night of the scarecrow or dark night right didn't you say something yeah so so what be, was the issue there so there is another different movie called night of the scarecrow oh of course and one, one word different and fucker. on Amazon I found dark night of the scarecrow deluxe collector's edition. So I don't even know if there was some extra little bit that maybe I got that you didn't or was yours an hour 36. I don't know. Okay. Huh. Because after the final scene with the girl, I was like, I'm not sitting around to see if there's any extra. Uh, was, no, I, I fast it, forwarded. Through yeah. Shit. I was like, I'm done. Uh, because yeah, the end, uh, it, it, like it ends in a really cool way with kind of how it started. And then this little girl goes off in this fucking monologue and you're like, Shush, just yeah, just roll, I, I, roll. I didn't even listen to the monologue. I was like, nope. I listened to about two sentences and I was like, okay, just roll the credits. Like, stop, stop your, stop it. Um, so yeah, go check that out on Amazon Prime if you uh, if you have that in the U.S. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Let's move on to movie number two. This was your pick, and I think we can go ahead and declare this as the better one. Yeah, this okay. is definitely <laughs> the better one. This, okay, the only reason I would say that this is the better one is because after watching, so I watched these in the reverse order that you did. Yeah, which is yeah. I watched it Dark Knight of the Scarecrow then Grave Robbers. So, this one because there is so much more gore. Oh. It was like, "All right, so you gave me enough for this movie and for the last movie." So, yeah, it's better just because there's 
more death. Well, it's funny too because, like you said, I watched. Near yeah, death. I watched them reverse. So I started with this one, and I was like, "Oh, the grave robbers!" I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! Holy shit, I love this!" And then I went kind of down a bit to Dark uh, Night of the Scarecrows. So not that Dark, like I said, not that it was bad, but I was up here with my like pumped up level 80s and it kind of just like Dark Knight kind of just dragged me down a little bit because it wasn't it was a completely different movie. Right. Brought you into a softer place. Exactly. And that's why I love the 80s because like you you have these two movies that are like equally rated for me and I'm like but they're I like them for different reasons because real quick before we get into Grave Robbers um, the thing I liked about uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow was the dude the camera work was shockingly good yeah it's like very good the zoom ins the pans it was all great and also it, this was in 5.1 as opposed to Grave Robbers which I didn't even know was a thing is in 1.0 I thought 2.0 was like the minimum you could do <laughs> because you have speaker and sub no this was in 1.0 which makes which a lot of fucking, sense which is one of my gripes is my, for this yeah. movie the, oh, the sound so, is But when you hear small specific things like the torture device, it sounds amazing. But the music beds that they use have only treble. Exactly. So I could only hear the snare drum going from all the music. And I'm like, what? What is this? I thought it was supposed to be like somebody knocking on a door. No, it's the fucking music bed. Yeah, the score for Dark Knight of the Scarecrow was fucking solid. It was suspenseful. It, it kicked in just. Some a- of it was kind of groovy. Yeah, some of it it kicked in at the right time, and then you have Grave Robbers, which it was just like two guys in a fucking shed banging on like metal <laughs> buckets, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? So yeah, that's my biggest gripe with uh, Grave Robbers is just like the score and the sound was. Ch- and I have the vinegar syndrome blu-ray copy of this movie and it's still in one like they couldn't do any better because of you know i guess what they had but yeah 1.0 did not know 1.0 sound was a thing i thought it started at two and went up from there so biggest gripe let's get into the details here of grave robbers so let's Alrighty. so this movie was released in 1989 that took a little bit of digging because there's not really a specific date listed on imdb yeah like for the for the u.s they're yeah no (laughs) i I don't i think it's somebody i think this is more of a passion project for somebody somebody dubbed this and then went to whatever production house this was, and they were like, hey, I dubbed this for the dumb Americans. Can I release it, please? Let's do it, please. <laughs> I, I think that's how it was. Um, another not rated, which is another weird synchronicity that's exactly. Um, Runtime of an hour, 28 minutes. Um, there are some points of this that did drag a little bit. and kind- Really? And kind of made me feel the hour 28. Oh, man. Only because there was a lot of just, like, nonsense shots. Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's do, you, fair. do you know how many times I watched that police car drive down that same one strip of road? It was the same oh. reel cut oh. and spliced back in instead of shooting another scene. We're going to get to that where I have a, a, a similar thing. So, um, yes. Uh, so there were some things like that that I was like, all right, I can kind of feel this hour 28. Plus, or normally I love foreign movies. This is an all Spanish spoken movie. Yep. And when I say Spanish, I mean Spain. This is like from Europe, Spain, not, yeah, not Mexico, Mexico, Spain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mexico, Spain? <laughs> 
think I've ever heard that. Shut up. No, um, I, I understand though. <laughs> but so because of how bad the sound is, the voices are horrendous. Yeah. Like the vo- the audio mixing for the vocals is just trash. So when the women's when the women scream, it's just like peeking out. It's ear piercing. Yeah. And I was I, I had to turn it down every time someone was like So also, also this is not available to rent anywhere. You either have to blue buy the Blu-ray. Bluetooth it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to either blue the Byray. Blue the Byray. Or you have to yo ho ho it like I did. Um and if you're watching it on a laptop it's the bad audio is even more atrocious. Well, I was watching it like on my surround sound system and I started it off. And by the way, the opening fucking whatever that is, is like some guy singing and also some guy talking over the singing. I just skipped through that to get to the movie. And then yeah. it was like someone screaming and I was like, Oh my God, this audio is so bad. And that's when I hit the details and I was like, Oh, it's 1.0. Okay. <laughs> Lowering yeah, my expectations. Yeah, it, it was very bad. Yeah. Oh my God. So that, that's the other reason that it made it ju- feel just a little bit longer was because every time I got into it, something would take me out of it. Audio wise. It, it was just not, not for me. That's what I'm saying. I, I literally bought the, you know, vinegar syndrome is like uh, shout factory where they, take old movies and like repurpose them for Blu-ray. And usually they up the sound. That's why I was like, Oh my God, this is a vinegar syndrome. And it's this shitty quality Yeah, with sound. I was like, Oh wow. I mean, like aesthetically it was, it wasn't too bad, but yeah. Um, the, uh, it was directed by Ruben. Hold on. Go back up here. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. sorry, sorry. I was going to do that. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, it was directed by Ruben Galliendo Jr. He's only had like 10 director credits and they're all Spanish movies that we're not really familiar with. Um, yeah, it's mean... labeled as a horror mystery thriller. I would take out the mystery. It's more horror thriller action. Religious? Like, I mean. Kind and a little bit. A little bit. little bit of comedy thrown in there too. Yeah. A yeah, little yeah, yeah. bit. Um, no real info on the budget or how much it made. It- um, yeah, I, I, I really tried to see if there was anybody that from this cast that made it into like anything and it's all like either one-off things or they were in like a commercial. Yeah. Or like, you know, Spanish TV or Spanish, whatever. It's like, I don't know who you are. Plenty so. of stuff on Telemundo, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I also so. don't want to put these people in here because I already butcher it. When we do Foreign Frights, I, I butcher the name. So yeah. I was like, I'm not going to put six people in here that I don't know of and that I don't know how to pronounce your name because I'm trying to be respectful to you. Uh, but yeah, so this is like this is like Spanish movie. or And you say, sorry, it's like Spain. Yeah. Actually in like Europe. Uh, so this is so hardcore. There was no statistics on like fucking anything. So some movies that came out around this time. Um, now this was released in Mexico, so it won't really matter about like why it may not have been super blown up. And I think I need to change that to Spain. I believe it because I think I said Mexico, but I'm pretty sure it was. It, it was released. Did not- I did I read Mexico? Just no, now. no, no. I have Mexico there, but I th- I'm, it was either released in Mexico or Spain. I can't remember, but it was not released like in the U- like theatrically in the U.S. Yeah, but ever. Here's the movies that um, were out in the U.S. Like the uh, the original Phantom of the Opera, um, which is a slog fest and a half. 
Um, <laughs> the Little Mermaid, which I didn't know came out in the eighties. Eighty nine. That's kind of mind blowing. Eighty nine, man. Um, Steel Magnolias, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Harlem Nights, Back to the Future Part Two, <laughs> and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Which, if we're going off the original National Lampoon's weakest National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yikes! I like that one. Family Vacation is well, yeah. Way better. I mean, it's better, but I don't know. <laughs> I just it's you know it's a Christmas movie you watch, and I'm like, oh, yay. Yeah. Well, before they started tagging their shit on to like American Pie and shit. Oh well, yeah, because this was '89. So yeah. before they started like National Lampoons, like fucking Van Wilder, American, yeah, Van, Nash, you know, like American Pie Seventeen, fucking, we're all fucking pies or whatever, <laughs> like. <laughs> National Lampoon <laughs> Seven were all fucking, fucking pies, and uh, what's and what's the guy from the original still acting in all of them? And then oh. there's still Stifler's mom. <laughs> and as long as you have Lu- uh, Eugene Levy in there as well, yes. he's you know he's the dad. Um, okay, so I don't I don't know if this the, is accurate. So the body this is how many I count. The body <laughs> count is anywhere from eleven to fifteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Because it'll be like one death, two, three, four, five death. You're like seven. Ah, oh, fuck! I blinked. What the and, fuck? And the other part about this movie is obviously Tarantino was not really doing movies around this time, <laughs> but this is very Tarantino esque in the way that two storylines segment into each other, <laughs> where they really shouldn't for no other reason than driving the plot together. I mean, yeah. So that's about right. So I'm going to give you the one sentence synopsis from IMDb first, which is teenagers accidentally resurrect a satanic killer who targets local, who targets the local police captain's daughter uh, to make her birth the antichrist. Now we're (laughs) going to start off this movie by saying that the opening eight minutes of this movie are metal as fuck. Oh, metal, dude. It starts off with this guy that looks like he's about to sacrifice some woman in a pentagram, chained to the floor, candles all the fuck everywhere. You have, like, these Gregorian chants so low in the background, it sounds like fuzz. (laughs) And... Especially with that audio. (laughs) Yeah, oh, it's bad. And then you find out through... This guy's monologuing for no other reason than to drive the story of what's happening. He is going to bring about the Antichrist by impregnating this woman. And then he gets caught by monks and strapped to a torture chair. There's a bunch of bullshit that's exchanged. Basically, God is better than Satan. And the guy goes, Satan's going to let me live forever. Just you wait. And then they hack an axe into him, and he goes, the next person to remove this axe will resurrect me. And the monk's like, all right, well, you're just going to get buried with the axe then. And I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, yeah, like, right? You're like, you could, all right, yeah, just, just yeah, okay. Put him, put him in the crypt with a fucking axe in his heart area. I mean, yeah, for 80s purposes. Fuck so it. then cut to what, when this movie came out, would have been considered modern day. Um, back to the 80s. <laughs> and the so here's where the movie started to confuse me because it opens with the police captain. Yes. And then you hear that pop, pop, pop. And I was like, oh, gunshots in Mexico. Okay. 
But no, that was the backing track to set up some suspense. But then he's like, yo, he, he hits his partner in the feet. He's like, yo, we got to go. Let's go right now. Get in the car. So I thought there were gunshots going off. There weren't. And then they just drive to this dude's house and pick up an Uzi. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's like it's like some guy like uh, Tony Montana just sitting out. You know who he looked like? He because he he literally looked like an American actor. I'll have to get the name of. I swear to God. But they just yeah they go and pick up this Uzi and it's like Mac like a Mac Ten handheld just like blast all these fucking yeah. bottles off the roof. Which like, okay, and no, number one they have an Uzi. Number two. They buy an Uzi, not from a gun dealer, but from just, like, this dude. Like, the mayor? Who are you? Are you Batman? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Number three, don't eat... Through the entire movie, they never use it automatic. It's just single shot. Bap, bap, bap. Yeah, later in the movie, it's like, bap, 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 I'm like, it's a machine gun! (laughs) You specifically asked to get the machine gun out of the closet. And you're not even using the machine part. Tilt it sideways and lay into that motherfucker. Like... King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Little Malibu's most wanted reference there. Just in case you weren't sure. Sorry, Gabby, if you can hear oh, me through just the fucking one. <laughs> Holy shit, babe. I'm sorry. I love you. You're I'm beautiful. So sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's continue. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's, uh, let's bring it back down. Let's bring it back down. So, come to find out, Captain's daughter and some friends are going camping just off the side of the road. Um, right. And then it cut to these, this truck pulling up to a cemetery, and then these people getting out. Um, the, uh, hold on, give me no, no, and this is where I got confused because you had the uh, like uh, police chief's daughter, is that what you would call yeah. her? So you had her and her couple of friends saying they're going camping and they're going camping, but then the next scene is literally four, uh, one, two, three, six, six people in a car that pull up, and you're like, that's not the same, that's not people. any of those, it's people. not, it's six different people, and they're going grave robbing, and I literally wrote down. On my notes, I was like, okay, so we have these people, they're going camping, but they're not going camping because they're going grave robbing. And then later on, I was like, oh shit, those aren't the same people. It literally took me half of the movie. Do, and do you so, understand <laughs> why I said it was very Quentin Tarantino-like? For yeah. The, yeah. Because they just these people just enter your like your, the movie, and you're like, I don't know who these people are. Because two of them leave immediately once they find out they're grave robbing, and the other four continue. And I'm like... I'm not sure what's going on in this fucking so, movie. At, so the way they are trying to find this grave is some girl is like using a piece of crystal as a crystal I would call ball. her a medium, honestly. Yeah, I guess. She's like, she's like, I feel this and that. And you're like, okay, it's not really explained. But also, she was very white. Oh, let's get very more. white. Do you want me to get to that now? or do you Go want... ahead. Go okay. ahead. This is my biggest gripe with this fucking movie is the fact that, okay, if it was shot in Spain, I can understand it a little bit more. But if this was actually shot in, you know, Mexico, these were the whitest fucking women with like Rebecca, Diane, v- like these names and, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair. I'm like, you're speaking to me. Perfect fucking Spanish. Like it is rolling right off the tongue, but you are white as fuck. Where are the like Hispanic women in this movie? The other thing that I What's fa- going on? The other thing that I found really funny was 
the acting from all the young adult slash teenager parts Poo-poo. was a try. I don't speak your native language and I know you are not even close to trying. Poo-poo. It was yeah, very it was, bad. it was very bad. <laughs> but, in, but on the same vein, that kind of added to the enjoyment factor because you, like, you were like, oh man, these kids are literally just here for a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> like it could, and, and again, because Usually, I mean, like, there's plenty of, you know, we've done foreign frights where, like, okay, I know you from something or whatever, but, like, literally none of these people never heard of them, never did anything beyond really this movie besides TV shows. So it's like they were probably there, like, oh, let's make a movie. Like, I'm getting paid. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And I still don't understand why all the, the, the men in this movie were Hispanic or, or Spanish or yeah. something. The women, fucking white. And uh, except for one, I think. Maybe one, yeah, like the main uh, uh, Olivia, yeah, yeah, the the uh, police chief's daughter or whatever. But yeah, so that was my gripe. Continue with the uh, white chicks. Um, so there, she's like, yeah, it's this one specific grave in this town. Everybody was buried with some amount of gold to help them cross over to heaven. And you're like, okay, so they're like, oh, it's this one right here. And the girl's like, I can feel a lot of gold. It's so there's so much I can almost see it. And I'm like. This okay. is this is setting this up to be a red herring or something. So they dig dig into this grave. They don't find shit, and she climbs down there, and she's all frustrated. And then she falls through a hole in the grave. And I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, I'm like get, out of just gone, just 100 down. I'm getting some like the descent vibes. I'm like, all right, cool, and some Indiana Jones vibes. Yeah, a little for, bit. For, for, little I don't know bit. why, like Temple of Doom vibes. So they all start calling for her. Uh, nobody can figure it out. So they bring the longest rope in the world <laughs> that can, that continued to go down even after it had been thrown down the hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Manolo goes, Manolo's one of the guys. There's Manolo and Armando. Manolo, Armando, and then like Rebecca, Trish, and Vicky. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? So like, Manolo the- goes down and... Finds out that it's like this underground secret crypt. He's like, yo, everybody come down. Um, And then they start grave robbing. Um, I did get to do the roll credits a few times. Oh, grave robbers, grave robbers. They say grave robbers a lot. What are we grave robbing? Are we grave robbing? Okay. Another problem real quick. When they're rolling down that slide, it's like they're rolling down the same slide that they're using just three different ways. Because they're like, like, oh. Whoa, whoa, but it's the same shot, just them falling differently, and you're like, that's fucking maddening. Just get a big slide to go down. And they all and they also throw the pickaxe and shovel down before them and clearly roll over it. And I'm like, yeah. that pickaxe would fucking kill you. And they use the same audio clip, like, whoa, whoa, like three times in a row. Ah, yeah. Ah. Oh, huh. and you're like, God damn it, guys. It's like, am I playing Come Legend on. of Zelda right now? Yeah, is there one yeah. button? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Yeah! Yeah! Oh my god, continue! I'm gonna die in this Um, corner over here. I'm gonna. So, as they are going through and looting this place, they're like, oh, here's this extra tomb under all these other tombs. We should break into it. And the blonde girl's like, you really shouldn't, you're gonna regret it. And they're like, nah, Fuck it. So they open it up and they find a pendant and the dude with an axe in his chest. So they take out the axe 
and they decide to go on their merry way. Some giant storm blows through, and it strands them there. Um, the Satanist man comes back to life. And it's not really a spoiler, and he just well, yeah, it's, it's in the, it's in the uh, like letterbox yeah, description. He just proceeds to start murking bitches, like for, massacring people for no reason other. And that's that's what I loved so much about this movie is it is a this guy is evil, he's gonna kill people. There is no rhyme or reason. The story really doesn't fucking matter at all. It is just let's make this guy go kill people. The I can other. Honest- no, go ahead, go ahead. The other thing I thought was hilarious when they do finally show you his face, he looks so much like Nemesis from Resident Evil 2, it's not even funny. But I mean, they did a pretty sweet job with this because of the fact that I'd say 80%, 85% of the movie, you don't see a face, and only at the end. It's like, it's like a Voorhees reveal yeah. from, from Friday the 13th where he's got, because uh, what would you even call him? Like he's fucking like a necronomicon like what are you you've been resurrected yeah he's kind of like bones and like like uh, he's like it's not a zombie semi mummified yeah living dead okay there we go let's go with that like because he's not a zombie more like a lich he's like he's like a mummified lich that's what he yeah because he comes back and he's got this like cloak over his head and you don't even see the cloak for a while because you just pretty much see his arm throwing the axe or, or that's how he kills people. Then you eventually start to see the, the uh, cloak he's got on. And then at the end it gets revealed. So I love that it was like a Voorhees reveal and like, Oh, there's his face. Oh, that's such good, like practical effects. I yeah, really like that. Un- until after he reveals it, that's all you see for the rest of the movie. And it's like, all yeah. right. Also but, I mean, that yeah. axe was the most Norwegian black metal prop I've ever seen. It this was looked epic. like it came straight out of like a cannibal corpse music video. Death or <laughs> what, what is that fucking uh, cartoon? Death metal? Death clock. Oh it's yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah something yeah, that yeah. they would wield or, yeah, or like gore would have yeah, or something. Oh definitely. my God. Um, <laughs> at, really? That's about all. As far as the story goes, they try and spin like, the police captain gets some type of book and he takes it to a priest and he's like, tell me what this means. And then one of the priest's final words, it, like supposedly final words is you have to slot the ax back into his chest. And then we should leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause the, even the ending is just kind of, it doesn't really fucking matter for what the movie is. I can tell you that since this was, uh, you know, like a foreign movie where I had to read subtitles because I was taking notes a lot of the times and it's really hard to you know, read and also take notes. I tuned out for, I want to say, 50% of this movie. Still got the idea. Same. Still got the idea. The dialogue was almost like throwaway just because like it didn't matter. You know the premise. Some guy's coming back from the dead. Uh, you know, the satanic priest is coming back from the dead because he's been resurrected and he's he, it's just a killing spree. Yeah. Fucking dialogue doesn't unless you have some crazy fucking maniacal twist on the story. Dialogue doesn't mean and there's shit. not. And there's not. It, it ends exactly how you think it's going exactly. to end. It's like it, like it's almost so like formulaic. You're like, boom, that's how it's going to end. And I'm OK with it. Yeah, I'm totally OK with it. Um, what was your favorite kill? Oh, my God. There was so many. I'm going to have to say my favorite kill was when, and this is a weird part of the movie because, um, okay, real quick backstory, because when they get stranded 
the guy comes. You said the guy comes back to life. He kills the two gauchos. They, they, they called them peasants. Yeah, they're gauchos because they're on horseback. So the you know I'm gonna call him fucking Necronomicon. He kills the guy on horseback, and then the teenagers uh, that have been stranded find the bodies, and then the police come at this point, and they're thrown in jail. So they're in jail because like the police don't believe them that some maniac is out there killing people until they eventually do find out later. And so all the teenagers are in jail. Um, you know, it's kind of waiting for the cops to get back with more information. My favorite kill is when out of fucking nowhere, this hand just rips itself yeah, through yeah, that guy's does a, chest. Does a Freddy too. Yeah, just like boom through yeah. his chest. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like that, that one was my favorite too. Picks up the necklace around his neck and then just pulls it back in. And he's just like, Bleh. I was like, or and then tries it, to pull it back. Yeah. And the, then, the, the blonde girl gets her hands on it. And you're just like, holy, that was insane. And then even right after that, when the same arm comes out the wall. When they Terminator won it. Yeah. And it comes out the wall. His hand looks like concrete. He picks up that guy, pulls him up, and just like, and you're like, oh, this fucking movie is so There was amazing. a lot of neck snapping. There was a lot of neck snapping. There was a lot of blood. There was, okay, so we have a hand being cut off, and then she pulls up the hand, and it's just gushing blood. We have a face. <laughs> but, but what was hilarious about that is, like, two scenes later, her arm is still, like, profusely gushing yeah. blood. Like It's, it's for, like, no, for no reason besides it's the 80s. I mean. Yeah. It, I was like, there the human body doesn't have that much blood. Like, where are you getting <laughs> You'd that be blood? Dead. <laughs> so that was great. We have a hand being cut off, gushing blood. We have someone that's pulled underwater and drowned. We have a head getting gooshed into a fence and blood going everywhere. We have hand coming up through chest, trying to grab stuff. We have like four axes to the face. Yeah, so there was, there was a few axes to the face. There's head, one beheading. You know, full beheading. Full, just like, whew, boom. We've got shots to the bad guy, like the Mac 10 that they suddenly switched into single round mode. Like pat, 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 he goes down i mean this movie is just everything that dark knight of the scarecrow is not but it's like i like them equally because they you know dark knight of the scarecrow did something different it was for tv the acting, and it had a story that compelled you story acting the the cinematically like the shots the score it was all there but then this was just a fucking 80s gore fest with like absolutely good. nothing else to offer. <laughs> well, I mean, but I did like that story though. The yeah. Satanist who's trying to sacrifice this girl gets interrupted and then he gets sacrificed because it's the Lord's work. So it's fine. But <laughs> so, so going off that, um, another, uh, Italian, not, not Italian, another, um, Spanish horror movie, um, that is basically the exact same premise as the church where they, and that came out in 85, 85, I think. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, so it, which is basically the exact same thing, except it's a demon instead of a Satanist. Uh, is what the church? Wait, Dario Argento did the, yeah. No. Yeah. Argento did the church? Yeah. From 89? Oh, is it? So they came out the same year? Did they really? I, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, this doesn't look like the title card. Um, the description is an old Gothic. Yes. yes. Oh, that's an Argento? Yeah, it's oh. fucking great. It's fantastic. Okay, so then, yeah, I guess that is from 89. Yeah, all right. Interesting. Oh, it's on Prime. Yeah, this is this is the one. Yeah. I did not fucking know Argento did that. You told, yeah. me, you told me about this. Yeah, this I... is for my 31 Days of Horror yeah. Religious Horror. Oh, my God. Oh, real quick about that. I've already completed my 31 Days of Horror for this year. And Jesus Christ. Well, we're doing 90s. I did all... Dude, you should fucking see the list I have. It, I, is, it is unbelievable. I don't even know 27 of the titles. Never heard of them. Bro, honestly. Never heard I, of them. I may just 
steal and have your exact same list. Dude, take it. It's fucking, <laughs> it's stupid. It is stupid. I have not heard of, I'm not even kidding, 27 of them I have never heard of. That's amazing. It's ridiculous because the 90s is uh, kind of like the uh, redheaded stepchild of horror. Yeah. Um, but I f- it's it's the Harry Potter before Hogwarts. <laughs> but like I found so many in the descriptions and the ratings are all so good. So uh, you said we were doing you said you were doing 90s and I was like, fuck it. So am I. And I'm very excited to do uh, this 90s. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? 80s movies. Jesus Christ. We moved into the 90s. somehow. <laughs> we're like 10 episodes ahead. Yeah. So the church, apparently that was Dario Argento. I did not know that. And yeah. it's kind of the same, kind of the same, because I haven't watched it yet. So it's kind of the same beats as... Except, except, uh, number one, the audio is a hundred times it, better. Uh, but oh, it's well, better, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's dubbed, but it's better. Because, yeah, like I said, this is one, I did not even know 1.0 existed. So if you're going into this movie and you want spectacular, uh, you know, audio and uh, visual, don't watch this. Um, if you want a great time with awesome fucking 80s gore that's in widescreen, fuck yeah, check this out. Because it's by an unheard of director... And um, it's got, like I said, it's got, okay, so the ratings on IM, are on IMDb is a 6.2. So it's funny, because this on IMDb did worse than Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, but it did better on Letterboxd yeah. by 0.1. So it's got a 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So it's please. also mixed in audio, or yeah. I, I mean, mixed in mono. Oh. Yeah, so it's 1.0 and in mono. Ugh, that's probably what it sounds <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. I'm such a snob now that I have a surround sound. I'm like, oh, this is this is one point uh, 2.0. Man, that's why I liked uh, even though really um, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It was in five one, but it was like minimalist five one. I, yeah. I could barely hear anything behind me, but exponentially better than um, Grave Robbers, unfortunately. But I mean, body count of eleven. We we talked well, about maybe our, more, maybe more. Um, I mean, the gore was, the gore was just there. I mean, that whole, I did not expect that hand to just shoot up through that guy and just be like looking around for something. And it's like, oh my God, it, it was just so good. So this is something, if you like Friday the 13th, if you like those just slasher movies, this was a slasher movie, but just with the dead Satanist. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I, I mean, and a little bit of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Fucking it was, it was, it was very Kali Ma. Oh yeah, Temple of Doom style. Um, so we can agree. I think we already did this already, but this is the winner of this episode. Is, Correct. Uh, Grave Robbers. Because, I, so I rated this uh, a. Uh, I rated this a three. It would have gotten a three and a half, but the audio was straight dog water. See, now that's funny because so, I gave this a three and a half, and it would have gotten a four if it was at least two point oh. Yeah, I mean, good god. So I gave both of them. Okay, so you gave both of them a three. Yes. And I gave both of them a 3.5. Yes. So synchronicity. I mean, again. yes, watch both of them. But this is the Frightmares certified. Sla- we haven't used this in a while. Certified, certified slap. slap. Certified slap is Grave Robbers. Uh, this is not streaming anywhere. I had to buy it. It was worth every fucking penny I spent, which was like $18. Um, check it out on Vinegar Syndrome or Amazon. Um, I got it from Amazon Prime because it's also... Vinegar Syndrome as well. So check those movies out. Um, let's go to let's go to like at least three on trivia. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to three. Uh, three you, works. You won last time, so I have to ask. Didn't you, you win last time? No, bro, you won. Oh. I haven't won in weeks. <laughs> 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 Fucking feel so bad. Um, all right, let me close that. Here we go. What 1999 film that co-stars Samuel L. Jackson was about killer sharks in an underwater facility? Deep Blue Sea. Fucking shit. <laughs> Done. One. You've acquired one. So we're just going on the top one. Top one, yeah. All right. Um, ooh, you should know this one. 
what state does the trauma entertainment film Toxic Avenger take place? Okay, they all take place in this. It, okay, I mean, like, are we talking Tromaville? Because, I mean, that's where they... What state does Toxic Avenger take place? New Jersey. Yes. Yes! <laughs> yes! I was like, I know the state, but I don't know if they're talking about, you know, like, you know, Tromaville or whatever. I'll... I'll Honestly, we're um, not, not honestly. Actually, we are doing a trauma episode coming up. Yeah, soon. yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, <laughs> it's gonna be disgusting. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna be go- <laughs> goopy and full of poop. I'm sure because that's what a <laughs> lot of fucking trauma movies are. Trauma movies are the Beavis and Butthead of horror. They really are because like, yeah, <laughs> you'll see. Um, the late uh aliyah a a l i y a h aliyah what is that the late aliyah who is that a a l i y a h aliyah that's way better than what i was saying the late ayila aliyah whatever starred in which 2002 movie based on the Anne rice book series the vampire chronicles jesus christ oh okay I wouldn't have guessed that, but yes, that, that I, have, I, I have no idea. Uh, the, the Queen of the Damned. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't. I didn't know that was Anne Rice. I yeah. Well, no, her name was Aaliyah. Yeah, no, the book Anne Rice is written by Anne Rice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh crikey! All right, so one to uh, went to one to one. One to one. One to one. All right. Tony Todd is oh. known for playing what character in this horror trilogy? Oh, I mean, it's Candyman. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I have not seen Farewell to the Flesh or whatever the fuck the third one's called. <sighs> okay. Oh, tight. All right. Okay. In which movie from the 1950s did Raymond Burr play a character named Steve Martin? That's a sh- Okay. You know what? That's not fair. Unless you know. Dr. Caligari's cabinet no. of fuckery. No, it's... If- <laughs> Indian in the cupboard. No, uh, it's Gojira, but I'm giving you a different one because that's that is a that's like an oddly specific question from 70 years ago. So no. Well, here you go. Watch me fuck this up too. No, there's no there. If you fuck this up, I'm gonna be so mad because <laughs> it's in this room. Stuntman Kane Hodder is best known for his Friday portrayal. Thirteenth, Jason as Voorhees. What character? Jason. Yeah, there you go. Two to one. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what director of The Omen went on to direct the 1978 film Superman? Oh. <laughs> Ask me about a. Oh, hold on. Ask me about a character in that movie. Fuck. I don't. I'm a fucking. The Omen was like 78. Uh, I don't know the director. Fucking, uh, it's uh, a long distant relative of Helen Hunt. <laughs> I mean, if we're getting biblical, yeah, probably. It's Richard Donner. Fucking no! Oh, this is where you win. No, no, we're going to five. I. Right. We're going to fuck this shit. That's Dude, what we did last time. This is two softballs in a row in 1996. Jack Frost, the serial killer, mutates into what? A snowman. Fucking yeah, a snowman. <laughs> God damn it. What kind of... Sh- like, God. 
go from talking about the 19 fucking 50s to Jack fucking Dick. What do you got? <laughs> Here's your softball. Oh, thank God. In Friday the 13th, part two. Don't fuck me up. What does Jason Voorhees wear as his mask? Oh, a sack over his head. Yeah, but can you potato be... sack? I will give you potato sack. What is it? It's potato slash burlap sack. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus, they, they really got specific there. All right. Uh, okay. This is one that's gonna suck. I mean, unless you've seen it, I've only seen one in the Puppet Master series. How did the female doll murder her victim? Oh, I would have known that. Wow. Stabbing leeches. Oh, yeah. I, I've only seen the first one and I was not impressed. You know what? If you die by leeches, you deserve it. They're, you they're, That's a slow death. Yeah, they're water slow. That is a fuck slow out death. Of here. Fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. Three to two. You're up. What do you got? Oh, um, in the 1977 film, The Hills Have Eyes, Ooh. the father and three sons are all named after what celestial bodies? Celestial bodies. I mean, it's not a right. It's, it's not. Oh wait, oh wait, bodies. That's that's, that's planets. Yes. Ah. Yes. Oh, you God. got it. Okay. I mean, no, you got it already. It's planets. They're named after planets. The the answer is planets. I did it. <laughs> three to three. <laughs> Sorry. You're like celestial bodies. And I'm like, okay, Pluto, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. Uh, okay, no, just planets. It's that. See, some of these are like overthinkers, man. God. All right, three to three. In the 1980 film, 18, sorry, 1985 film, Cat's I thought you were about to say 1895. Well, 18... I'm like, God damn, I don't know. <laughs> they, no, it's, it's, I would have given you a new one. Um, In the 1985 film, Cat's Eye, what creature attempts to steal the life of a young Drew Barrymore. Oh, it's not a cat. It's a dog. No. I don't know. It is a, uh, you know what? It's a mythical creature. Think about that for a second and tell me what you think it is. Very, very small. Oh, never mind. Um, a a goblin. Oh, oh, (laughs) a hobgoblin. If half fucking points actually mattered, I'd give it to you. It's a troll. You were so Ah, uh, that's horseshit. You were so close. I was gonna joke answer and say Bigfoot, but then you say really small. Yeah, I was like, come on, like little guys. Also, like, do you not remember Found Footage Part Three? Trolls are not small. Well, in that instance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three to three. Let's go. This is gonna. Oh, ooh, that's not right. Oh, oh, I found a fucking typo. This is a typo. Ooh, yeah. Get some money. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Go ahead. You're up. All righty. What 1990 movie involving a series of short horror films features performances by Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, and Christian Slater? Fucking what? (laughs) I'll read it again for you. What? What 1990 movie Uh involving a series of short horror films... Features Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, and Christian Slater. This is probably on your list somewhere, but I guarantee you've probably never seen it. It's not Creep Show or Creep Show Two. No, nope. Creep Show was like eighty uh, four. I think Creep. It's, it's, it's an anth- It's an anthology. I mean, it's got to be short. Short stories is an anthology. Yes, nineteen ninety. I I have no fucking clue. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. I've never even heard of that. So Tales from What? Tales from the Dark Side was like 
sort of a like X Filesy um Twilight Zoney type of show and they made a movie out of it just like they did with the Twilight Zone and X Files. And, and you know um Tales from the Crypt they've done Demon yeah, Knight yeah, yeah. they've done yeah. I've heard of Tales uh fucking Tales from the what? Tales um, from the Dark Tales, Side? Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Oh, whoa. 3.1. Okay. Debbie Harry? Christian Slater, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore. Uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, so four people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You said those three, and I was like, oh, my God, there has to be more. I mean, yeah, Debbie Harry. I mean, help, fuck yeah. Whoa. Okay, going on my list. I've never even heard of that. I'm impressed. Um, So this is wrong. Unless I'm fucking, like, unless I'm just completely out of my mind, this answer is wrong. Because it's also, there's two answers. So what room number does Danny Torrance avoid... In The Shining, there's two answers. There's two in the book and the in the movie. There's two answers, but this one is wrong. I want to say two thirty seven. That's what I thought. Yeah, because in the book it's two seventeen. Am I wrong? No, it's two thirty seven. No, in the in in the fucking movie it's two thirty seven. In yeah. the book it's two seventeen. If I'm not mistaken, I think you are mistaken because it apparently the answer is two twenty seven. I'm pretty sure it's two seventeen and two thirty seven from the book to the movie. I don't think 227 is a thing. Like I said, I could be, which is weird because that is literally one of my favorite movies. So in the movie, in the movie, it's 237. Yeah, 237. In the movie. Yes. Right. Uh, according to stephenking.fandom.com slash wiki. <laughs> yeah, so it's 237 in the movie, and in the book, it's fucking 217. I swear to God. Let's see if it tells us in the novel. I mean, I hope it does, because like I said, I I feel like I'm right. I don't remember 227 ever being a thing. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. So that that's okay, hold on. The Shining 237 and then 217. Yes. Room 217 is a fictional location in the Shining franchise. It appeared in the 1977 horror film or the horror novel adaptation of The Shining. So then what the... F this is fucking wrong. 227 is wrong. That's wrong. 217 in the book. <laughs> 230... Right there. Boom. 217, 237. Which room was it? Boom. F okay. Fucking fuck this card. This is bullshit. I knew I wasn't crazy because I'm like, I, I've never heard of room 227. Do I can I, I can call Gabby and be like, yo. Do I still get the point? You said 237? Yes. Yeah, you get the point. Okay. So it's four to three. <laughs> I'm telling you, two, uh, like, seriously, if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening to this, fucking email me at spooky at outlook.com or hit me up on Frightmares on Facebook with a message and tell me that I'm fucking losing my mind. And because, show us the receipts. And sh please, sh please show me receipts because I'm looking right now. I cannot find dog shit on 227. It's 217 or 237. And it continuously, yes, I don't see anything on 227 fucking cards wrong um, unless they want to count the fucking whatever mini series well then okay but then you need to specify because yeah this literally for real this literally just says what room number was danny Ter danny torrance told to avoid in the shining there's multiple answers hold on the shining tv series go ahead what's the question um, speaking of fucking Quentin Tarantino. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Another weird synchronicity. Um, 
This film, written by Quentin Tarantino about a gang of vampires in a bar, was also made into a TV series. Dawn, from Dawn Till Dusk. From Dusk Till Dawn. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. We're open in the daytime. Fuck you. Um, all right, so that's four to four. So you can take it. Point breaker. Right now. Fair. What is the name of the ancient horned demonic spirit who punishes those who have lost the Christmas spirit? Oh, Krampus. Done. I could have sworn we've done that one I mean, maybe on the other game. Oh, yeah, probably. BTW, this is literally just called Where the Fuck Did It Go? There it is. That's not what it's called. Horror Trivia, that is all it's called. Horror Trivia. It's on Amazon for like $10. That's what we're playing. There's two questions on each card. We are going with the first question. We're also playing the game entirely wrong. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Enti- <laughs> there's, there's, there's like a whole way to play it where you have to ask certain questions. Like there's a there's a chainsaw on this one. There's an axe on this one. You have to like collect all the whatever. We just want to play trivia. Um, so you've won. I haven't won in ages, and I'm just I'm terrible at this game. Uh, and also, fuck this card because 227 is fucking wrong. Coronavirus be damned. I have won two things of trivia. This year's looking up. <laughs> it's looking Coronavirus. Up. Coronavirus. All right. So re- recapping real quick. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Grave Robbers. Check them both out. Grave Robbers is the winner of this episode. I also did not mention last episode, the Cronenberg episode. Videodrome was the ultimate winner between me and Gabby. I forgot to say that. Uh, but yes, this episode, Grave Robbers, buy it from Vinegar Syndrome or Amazon. Love it. Watch it again. And, uh, you know, it's just so much fun. <laughs> it really is. so much fun. And if you don't want to buy it, if you don't want to buy a movie, go to Amazon if you're in the U.S. and check out Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Look for the pitchfork coming, like, towards you on the screen and then never remember that again until the end of the movie. And you'll be good. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, fantastic. Shoot us a line on Facebook at Frightmares. Hit us up at Stay Spooky at Outlook.com. Um, we have a Twitter, but we don't use it. But you can hit, a, you can hit okay. us up there too. I use also. it. I use it, but I don't know how. I just post. I just post and I just post. We have like 186 followers. <laughs> we've got like almost. We've got almost 5,000 on Facebook. So that's where you need to hit us up. That's where all the fucking content is going. Um, so also where we will probably respond the most. Yeah. Um, I don't it, even know how to respond on Twitter. Like, how do you, <laughs> what is life? If you want to send us your fucking show ideas, give us content ideas because we only can think of what we can think of. Give us some like outside perspective. Uh, let us know what you like about the episodes. Let us know we could do better or different that might, you know, keep some listener retention in your hey, opinion. We've, uh, it's been the rate of, you know, uh, also, yes, if you are, please subscribe to this on, on iTunes, if you can, or anywhere else you can subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review or just hit w- even whatever, like on iHeartRadio or like Google podcast. If you hit like subscribe or follow that analytics, those analytics do trickle down. To us at some point, yeah, because um, uh, we've been gaining, yeah. we've been gaining more listeners. And there's a there's there's a consistent base for people. We're apparently worldwide at this point. There's people in Ireland and Scotland and South America, and it was like holy shit. Um, so 
I know that it's being listened to, and I, I just want to make sure we're doing the best we can. Uh, we actually have a guest spot coming up soon, which is we have of, we have two guest well, spots have, coming we have, up. We have two because your friend uh, Kyle, yeah, right, Kyle, reached out to you. He was like, "Hey, I want to be on the show," and I'm I'm not gonna say no to that. Fuck yeah, it's a it's a fan call in episode. There, there's I mean, a come on. there's a fun there's a fun like coincidence with him uh, oh, being yeah? on the show too. He'll tell you about it once he's on. But I'm like, oh, that's. Really interesting. Okay. Perfect. So we've got a fan calling episode. We actually had someone by the name of, um, oh, fuck. It was, is it Emily and Dan? I, th- I think it's Emily. Oh, my let, God. Let I'm me. so sorry. I'm, th- <laughs> I'm in the moment right now. I'm not fucking paying attention. I believe her name is Emily. Yeah, Emily. I'm and not going to give out her last name because no, I, no, I don't no, want no. her spot blown up right no, now. No, no, no. Yeah, and then Dan is her husband. They are actually, I'm not going to give too much away, but they actually hit you up about being on our show. That is, besides a fan, that is the first time that someone who was just in the horror community was like, Hey, you have a podcast. Like, let's talk. And I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. Please. please." So like that, that honestly, it made me feel like just so special that someone reached, like someone reached out to you and was like, I want to be on the show. And I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that. You're a graphic novelist. Like let's, let's talk horror movies. So we've got two guest spots coming up, uh, one this month, one next month. And then I'm still in the works with talking to people, but you know, like people, just like like to like like to read your Facebook messages and then not respond like fucking well total, also total fucking I mean I get it but like don't read it if you're not gonna respond just leave it on unread I can see that you read it and you're not fucking answering it but Ugh. like also it makes me so sad the uh, the world's kind of on fire right now so no I know but like, <laughs> I just honestly it just makes me so sad that like hey my name's like you can literally tell me no I'm not gonna be upset like I get it. Yeah, I get like you're, you're a busy person. You're an industry professional. Yeah, you, if you want to say no, say no, say but no. just say no, just, please. But like, I've literally. You can even laugh at me. Just give me some response. Some, I've re- I've reached out. I'm not gonna name names because that's not who I am. But I've reached out to two people, two times each, one film director, someone else in the horror community, two times, and they've they've read them both, and they don't respond. And I'm just like. But please just just well, say no. And we've also had we've no. also had a few that go, oh yeah, hundred percent we'll do that, and then just fuck off into the atmosphere. Which which you know I get it. It happens, especially if you're a filmmaker. I understand. Like, but if you're going to be on the show and say yes, we're going to be on the show. If you let me know the day of, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you're a fucking dick. I'm sorry. Like you're a dick. Yeah. Like a if, you're gonna, if you're going to wait till like an hour before we're ready to go, and you're like, I can't make it. Well, like, why? Ha- there's no way. There's no way. If you like, we're not professionals, but we're at least trying to be professional. Yeah, like I'm. I'm like when you sent me the lady, you know, Emily. I immediately responded to her. I added her on Facebook. I was like, hey, let's be friends. Let's talk. That's how I am. I will immediately get on the trail of let's talk and figure out how to work this. So what I'm working, especially because I was working with those people for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it's not like it was a surprise that they were busy. There's no way someone called you like, hey, we're filming stuff today. Let's go. And you're like, I can't do it. They didn't even want to reschedule. And it was just like, like yeah. come on. Like, if you're going to cancel, be like, hey, we can do this at this point. But I just don't like people that cancel last second and then that's it. You're like, yeah, I'm done. And you're, and you're just like, Ugh, I'm not trying to be an asshole to anybody in this horror community. But don't, just don't cancel last second and not even try to reschedule. Because that that's the night we had the... Uh, the, just the talkathon with me and you. Yeah. I was like, we have to put out an episode. It's Thursday night. 
We have to put out an episode. Yeah, it's, it's Thursday. Gonna, it's Thursday night at like eight p.m. Yeah, we too. have to, we have to ram, <laughs> we have to ramble on and make something. So it just kind of it kind of put a you know a wrench in the works when you know because usually we record almost a week before. Yeah, we try Saturday we, Sunday. We try and get at least like a one week backlog in just so there's a constant flow. Well, but, and, and in case and in case that someone cancels yeah. on like a Saturday, then that's fine. I have. Six more days before I have to put the. That's why I do the system I do is in case anybody cancels or something comes up. But when I'm at the deadline on Thursday and you cancel an hour before, I'm like, because I texted you like on your way over, you're like they cancel, and I was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, what do I do? Oh my god. Um. So yes, seriously, I anybody who reaches out, just you'll be on the show. We we want to talk to people. We love the horror community. It's a good group of people. It and, really uh, is. We can all just nerd out in the you know the essence of just fucking horror, and I love it. And I love what you told me earlier today, how like when we started this podcast, you weren't even like that into horror. Yeah, it which was, I didn't know. It was, it was mo- like I there were like horror movies that like, of course, the Friday the 13th yeah. series, the Freddy movie, like the classics. Yeah. OK, I'd seen them. I liked them, but it wasn't like a thing. And then once I started like sitting down and like observing horror movies as like a faux critic would, I developed a much more intense appreciation for it because it's a subgenre of movies that is wholly unaccepted by the masses, but it is also almost the most progressive when it comes to genres. Like when, whenever you see boundary pushing movies, it's like action movies and then horror are the two that just are always like, can we get better? All right, let's do it this way. How can we make it look like this person's throat was slit even more realistically? Yeah, because you have comedies, which I mean, at the end of the day, they're just there to make you laugh. Yes, you can do different stuff with the stories, but at the end of the day, horror is always pushing the boundary every fucking year, like with Hereditary, just like pushing your mind to what you can accept for, oh my God, this is a horror movie that's kind of like getting into me and like sticking with me. And you're like, I don't know how to feel after this. Or the lighthouse, or just all these movies well, that and are just I, pushing boundaries. I've been saying this fairly recently. Uh, the reason horror is so awesome is because everybody knows where love comes from. Everybody knows that there's a baseline generally of like how to make somebody laugh. Nobody knows where horror comes from. Exactly, because it's different. And just, I mean, I guess you could say that about comedy that it's different for everyone, but for the most part. I'm sorry, Blazing Saddles is funny to everyone. For everyone. Everyone. Uh, besides all the N-words, but that was a different time, I guess. Whatever. And uh, it's Mel Brooks, so he can get away with uh, it. Apparently so. But yeah, when you come when it comes to horror, um, like, you know, the, the internet is divided on certain movies. I will bring it up again. Hereditary. Love it or hate it. Even though it has a 4.0 out of 5 on Letterboxd, people are like, that movie is fucking dumb. And I'm like... I don't want to say you're wrong, but how do I say you're wrong in a nice way? <laughs> or, no, no, I'm, I'm just being, I'm, I'm or, being or like for you and me, I fucking hate Sinister. It's a garbage yeah. movie. Yeah. You will sing it. its praises all day long. The score, the fucking, the home footage, like the found footage, like killing. It's just, it's fucking brilliant. So, but, yeah. I, but at the end of the day, I also appreciate it because it's a horror movie and it got made and we needed it even though I didn't like it. Just like horror movies I hate. I'm like, wow, you did that. I don't really like it, but I mean, you made it and it's a thing that actually is, you know, pretty good at the end. It's just not my style. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I love how progressive horror is and it's never going to stop. God, I hope not. I mean, if we ever get Antlers or, you know, all these other movies that have been. I don't even want to see Antlers anymore. Like. (gasps) You bite your tongue. (laughs) uh, Like, because now I know what the monster is. 
Like, it's, I mean, it's always been a Wendigo. Yeah, but like the first set of trailers didn't even say the word Wendigo. Oh, like, I did, I'd never watch them. So, no, like the first two trailers, like when it was originally supposed to come yeah, like, out. Like last year, by the yeah. way, like a year <laughs> fucking go. But the original set of trailers never even said the word Wendigo. Like it was a complete mystery as to what it was. Besides it being said by the little boy. And then it was not shown, but there was like a backing vocal that was like, oh, yes, the Wendigo. And I was like, fuck. And oh, really? Yeah. It, uh, see, I, like I said, I never watched them. I just kind of figured and it was. And then there was a trailer that actually showed it. And I was like, see, that's you that, bitch. That's why it should I, be illegal and punishable by death. That's why when I'm excited about a horror movie, I, I like when it was in theaters and I saw the trailer, I would walk out, go to the bathroom, hang out for about seven minutes. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I just want to fucking see it when it's ready to go on screen. And that and Green Knight. I'm I'm too I'm too lazy for that. I'm already like halfway through my popcorn on the second trailer, so Well either either I'll leave or I'll just do the number where I plug my ears and I'm like la 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 like a quiet place too. Never watch that trailer because I'm like I don't want to see it and we'll maybe maybe get that this year. <laughs> just... Nah. I, I I wholeheartedly believe that Quiet Place Two didn't even get made. They just <laughs> they... They just said it was going to get made, realized it was going to be way too much work, used Corona to blow it off. It's never coming. Coronavirus. Uh, I will say that there's an uptick with AMC, and that's the fact that they have gained a lot of liquidity. So being out, like, go for them to go bankrupt is not even a thing for the next at least year. Well, so the, the reason they have all that extra is because. Dumbos on Reddit fucking boosted their stock. Well, no, up. this is before that. They gained a lot of liquidity before that, and then yes, the whole GameStop, AMC, oh, okay. the whole. But yeah, so now they're like fucking. We're good forever at this point because the whole, yeah, people on Reddit. That's the whole thing. Please go check that out when you have time because I, I didn't even know about it. I had to read that the stock for GameStop and AMC was like through I, the roof. My new conspiracy theory is that <laughs> coronavirus was caused by Movie Pass going bankrupt. Oh, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's like, honestly, that, that it's lines, the exact that timeline up. that lines up like fucking movie pass. We got to create something to bring it back. Oh, man. Movie pass was a whole crock of shit. I never I never believed it would stay around because they're like, I'm seeing movies 15 times a week for ten dollars a month. And I'm like, it was good for like two weeks. Yeah, it was good. My friend had it. He's like, this is I, great. And I they, had it. I had it for like two weeks and I saw like 15 movies. I'll just stick with the AMC A list. It's twenty five bucks a month, and I can wow, I can literally see three movies a week, so it's like twelve movies a month. So, um, all right, let's cap this off here. Great time. Tune in next week. We're doing episode eighty one. Me and Gabby or someone will probably be back. Oh yeah, I know what we're doing. I'm not gonna tell you though. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The biggest name in motorsports. Um, yeah. Tune in next week. Me and Gabby are gonna be doing a very fun topic as we typically try to do now. Two movie format. I hope this is working because I mean, I, I like it's it so more. much easier. It, it's so much easier, and uh, it's um, we can like I like being able to. I just gotta stop hitting this mic. We can dive deeper into the movies. So um, yes, episode eighty. Oh my god, our our podcast is like twice over the hill at this point. My God, we're almost to a hundred. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited to do a hundred. And once you get one hundred, you get two hundred. Two hundred. 400 it's that's when the money I money will, comes in dude I will, I will never stop making this podcast as long as horror movies are being made so um we can end on that i guess what the fuck happened here Faux show Faux show all right guys tune in next week and until then 
Stay tuned and stay spooky. You never do that. I know. You did it. Do it again. (laughs) Stay tuned and stay spooky, motherfuckers. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you.